Hello, pod people, and welcome back to You Can't Handle the Truth, or the podcast that is the sister to the uh, webzine, The Indie Truther, which is at IndieTruther.com. As per usual, I am Anton Sawyer, and I'm joined here with my sidekick. I'm Nicole West. Yes, yes, yes. And today we are doing something we haven't done yet on the podcast, which is kind of a back-to-back, because last week we did um, the Schoolhouse Rocks episode on I'm Just a Bill, and because we'd got such positive and popular feedback from that, we wanted to just do another one. Now, we're not going to become the Schoolhouse Rocks channel, and this is a podcast (laughs) exclusive, um, but we uh, we decided that we wanted to do uh, another one, and today's is going to be on the Electoral College. The Electoral College. Yes, yes, yes. The the Electoral College has been something that um, I've written about before, and I, I really wanted to look uh, with Nicole at how it was such a different time then and the perception of the Electoral College versus the reality of what it is today. So it's going to be lighthearted and fun, but before we, we delve into that too much, there is something a, a bit more serious uh, that we do need to discuss, and it was something that I mentioned on last week's podcast where... Uh, we are currently permanently suspended from Twitter. Mm, yeah, permanently suspended from Twitter. Like mm. I said last week, Anton's too controversial. Just just too much. Now, again, we're going through the appeals process. I don't know exactly what the reasoning was. They just sent us their terms of use and said you've been, uh, it's been disabled or suspended. So, you know, I'm, I'm still kind of, uh, we're still kind of in the dark about that. Um, So, like last week, we are asking all of our faithful listeners and readers as a call to action to, you know, help share one article, whether it's, you know, the most recent one or... Or your favorite. Yeah, yeah, either one. We would really appreciate that on Facebook, uh, Twitter, Instagram, on whatever social media platform that you tend to prefer. We would really love it if our our fan base, our our hardcore readers and listeners um, would just share one article and try and help spread the word. We would really appreciate it. Yes, yes. And one of those articles that you could share could come from the sponsor of today's video, which is going to be the Indie Truther articles under the Debunking PragerU Courses series. Now, the Debunking PragerU Courses series, we're on lesson 14 now. And it's one that is one of our most wildly popular and successful, and there's good reason for that. Um, You find that what is being taught by this university is really just garbage. So, for example, in Lesson 14, I learned that there are three things that will fix America. Yeah, it's that simple. The first is more individualism. Of course, uh, we didn't see, the, you know, it, it's, it's interesting because they put individualism as number one because it's not like we had a ton of that during the COVID outbreak with people fighting against mass mandates because of, you know, personal individual uh, liberties or ideas of personal individual liberties. So, yeah, we don't need more of that. But, yeah, that's number one is individualism. That's fix America. Yep. Mm-hmm. Now, the second is family and the third is community. But in this, you do learn that liberals absolutely hate those last two elements. They hate the family. They hate the community. So I guess from now on we have to call it the uh, LGBTQ plus uh, group, perhaps. Yeah, they're just a group now. They're yeah. Because <laughs> according to the GOP, they are not a community. Yeah. So according to this PragerU uh, lesson fourteen, you find that uh, yeah, uh, liberals hate the community. So it's so ridiculous. Anyway, 
The one thing that it is important to remember when reading these is that I, Anton Sawyer, only have but a high school diploma. Not only that, the diploma is from Rock Springs High School in Rock Springs, Wyoming, and it is not an intellectual mecca. It is not known for its high quality education. So given these lowly credentials, any place that calls itself a university like Prager should at the very least have the same knowledge and access to information that I do. And that's what the series is about. Each article breaks down a different PragerU course and points out their deception using facts and statistics. And finally, in this ad, although we are mere weeks away from superstardom, every little bit at this point counts. So if you feel so inclined to donate to our cause, you can do so by visiting our coffee page. And that is spelled ko-fi.com slash indie truther and just uh, buy us a coffee and you don't understand how much that really really helps out it really does we appreciate all of our generous donors so far thank you we do appreciate it we have people that do that and we're not trying to just sell you on something it really does help further what it is we're trying to do here And in today's case, we are going to be looking at the Schoolhouse Rocks uh, episode that is about the Electoral College. E-L-E-C-T-O-R-A-L. Yes. <laughs> yes. This is a fun one. Um, it, it, it's really, I like the, like with all the Schoolhouse Rocks, I love the music. I love the presentation. It's, it's just, so catchy. The music oh, is yeah. catchy. The, the animation, everything about it is just great. And so it, it's hard not to be sucked in, but under all the glitz and glamour that is the animated world and catchy tunes, we wanted to look at the substance and see what exactly the reality of the situation is now in 2022 versus when this first came out, I think in like 1864. <laughs> Like it's it's these these have been around a while, so <laughs> it's it's something definitely we wanted to to compare then versus now. So it does start out as Nicole was doing with the cheerleaders, and it's just great <laughs> because they are they're so fun and the catchy little music comes in, and they the thing that I find that's so funny about it is it's yeah, yeah. The, the college is really not accredited at all in any way, shape, or form. Well, why is it even called a college? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I never understood why they, they called it that in the, uh, in the first place, because it's... The little professor tells you there's no papers to write, no classes, no teachers, no tuition, there's nothing. Yeah, they lean hard in the fact that they're not a college. Like, we don't have a football team, there's no tuition, there's no teachers. There's, like, they're selling you hard on a non-traditional schooling structure. But the thing that's funny is, conversely, they then say that the peer, the person that graduates the Electoral College becomes president. So clearly there's a reward. So there is a reward, but... Yeah. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> yeah, it's... They, I, I genuinely want to know why they call it a college. Yeah, I, I'm sure that there's information out there. I didn't research it. I didn't you know. research it. I know it'd probably be easy to find out, so... But, but the <laughs> fact... Yeah, they, they want to make... They, they set it up pretty clearly. So, the thing is, the professor little comes in tells you all about the Electoral College, and then it goes into a, a voting booth, um, and, and the voting booth sings about sending the call, about sending your votes to college. Yeah, your votes are going to go off to college. <laughs> yeah, your votes, like, so you don't go to college, but your votes go to college, and it's, it, it, I know it's meant for kids, and so it's just designed to suck them in, but. So your vote goes to college, yes. and then if your vote graduates, that becomes the president. <laughs> 
Yes, yes. So it, he does after the, the the voting booths goes into the singing about the father, the founding fathers creating the college, and that is true. The founding fathers did create the electoral college uh, in an attempt because they wanted to make sure that we were more of a representative government. Yeah, the the democracy thing was is definitely a huge construct of it, but we are really a representative democracy. But at the same time, the Founding Fathers, they really didn't know how big the U.S. was going to grow. No. They didn't realize how big it was going to become or how diverse it was going to become. So even though the Electoral College maybe worked back then when we were tiny, itty-bitty country, right now it's it doesn't seem viable. No, it's it, and that's the thing is when you have, what, 13 colonies and that small of a population. What, like a few thousand people maybe? I don't. Eat, I know it wasn't a bunch, but it, when you have that small of a, an area, you know you can definitely, you definitely get more representation per capita per oh, person. Oh yeah, absolutely. When you get to like you know three hundred, four hundred, five hundred million. Well, even just look at like the state of Wyoming. What do they have? They have like two electors. Yeah. For the entire state, and I know that's a small population state, but at the same time, like they. You live in Wyoming. You're not really getting fair representation. No, but it's only a half a million as well. So, and and we're going to get to that in a little bit because it, it there is a, a a section that comes up later about that, which which shows that there's some kind of divergence that's happening there. But what happens now is they the the schoolhouse rocks. It tries to break down the specifics and science of what exactly it is. So he sings about the the voting booth sings about pulling the levers of the booth. And then it goes into choosing state electors for the college. And it just says, yep, you pull the vote, it goes, and you get state electors, and the state electors come in, and that's not exactly how that works. There's a lot of nuance that's lacking there. The electors are essentially predetermined. The political parties of each state come together and have a list of individuals and say, okay, we want X, Y, and Z, these three people or this many people or however many it is to be our electors. So the voters don't don't have anything to say about that. I know, the little voting booth tells you you're voting to choose your electors, but in reality the electors are already predetermined before the vote or before the election even happens. Yeah, yeah, and, and also the, he, the, the next section talks about how the electors are required to vote for whatever the, uh, the population of the state goes with. And as we found in 2016, that's, that's not really the case because when Trump uh, was such a controversial candidate, there were many Republican-leaning states that the electors were like, I don't feel comfortable in voting for him. Yeah, exactly. And, and we found out, oh, they actually don't, so. They can really choose whoever they want. Yeah. Yeah, they're technically like, should be voting for how the popular vote goes, but in reality, they can really post their vote for whoever they want to. Yeah, and that's the thing that's that's so crazy about it is we, this Schoolhouse Rocks is just not, not accurate when it comes to the nuts and bolts of it. Yeah. It just really isn't. And it, but it's catchy. Oh, it is. And it's catchy, yeah. and it makes you... It, if you're a kid watching this, mm -hmm. seeing this cute little voting booth, the cute little professor, and they're singing to you how great this electoral college is, and they're just vaguely scratching the surface explaining what it is, of course you're going to be like, oh, hell yeah, that sounds great. Like, of course yeah. the electoral college works. <laughs> yeah, this is, this, yeah, this is just how it is. And I, I think the next section is the one that really, 
really shows the time difference between when this was made to now because it shows a little professor guy again coming in and he does the little the math equation on how it's how it's figured out on the chalkboard said how electors are cho chosen are based on the number of senators plus number of representatives equals electors on the chalkboards but the the lyrics talk about it being about a total population and things like that what I mean technically that is true but the thing that it's not taking into consideration is the world that we live in now there's so much migration that occurs and the the populations of any given area can shift wildly because there's two presidential elections between each census mm -hmm. and in the last decade or yeah in the 2010s we saw people fleeing California and New York because of taxes oh yeah oh yeah a lot of people are going to Texas yeah, mm -hmm. they're going to places where it's a, a bit more favorable to big business and, and people that make a lot of money, which is neither here nor there, but it's just the facts. They're leaving that area, and so given that there's going to be at least two presidential elections between each census taking, that's... It, it, yes, the math equation is what it is, but it's really not working in the way that it should because of just how many people there are now, to go back to your point. Well, and like uh -huh. you were talking about, like, since 1988 so there's only been two Republican presidents that won both a popular vote yeah and yeah to show the, the and, electoral vote yeah and that's the other thing is like I said these these schoolhouse rocks have been around for a very 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 long time like they've been been around for longer than me or Nicole have been alive yeah like they were well cemented by the time <laughs> either one of us came along and so if you look through history though to show the differences from when this was made since if you go to back to 1988 like Nicole was saying since 1988, there have only been two Republican presidents that have won both the electoral and the popular vote. Fun fact, they are father and son. Yeah. So in 1988, when Bush Sr. was running, he won the electoral and the popular. And then in 2004, Bush Jr., when he was running against John Kerry, won the popular and the electoral. Since then, every time we've had a Republican president, they have not had both the electoral and the popular vote. And like in theory, the electoral vote, whoever wins the popular vote, in theory, should win the electoral vote as well. The yeah. people have spoken. The vast majority of the country wants person A to be president. But depending on how the electorals are spread out, person B may become president, as we have seen time and time again. Yeah. That the people's voices don't necessarily matter, especially depending on what state you're in. Like. Anton and I are both originally from, from Utah, mm -hmm. and we just already knew, like, no matter what we voted, Utah was going to vote Republican. Yeah. So in states like that, it's almost like you're throwing your vote away because your vote doesn't really count yeah. if you're in a state that always votes one way. Yeah, and 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 that's it, it gets so frustrating because it to go off on a tangent here about the migration, it's separating people like there are people there are red states there are blue states and the people are going to each one that mirrors both not only their values but their and well their values and that could be economic that could be family that could be social that could be whatever it is and because of the fact that there's such a oh gosh there's such a, a minority in each state they're just fleeing and it's causing a greater and larger divide in this and again because of population migration and all that it's just going to cause more problems later on down the ride with the electoral college yeah it's it's something because of the divisiveness because of minorities getting a stake and that actually segues into the next part of the video where it sits there and talks about so if even one person wins by a hair 
then they get the vote fair and square. It's true. It might be true, but it's not really fair. So what about states that have a 49% to a 51% vote? 49% of people voted for person A, 51% of the people voted for person B, right? So as it is written, all the electoral votes are going to go to 51% guy. But you got to keep in mind that when me and Nicole talk about this, we, we mean in theory because there's so many loopholes, there's so many legislative Oh yeah, things. this is all very service level theory <laughs> stuff. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the the schoolhouse rocks itself is even, I, I if we're just in extra layman's terms. Yeah, extra layman's terms. So we're just talking the surface level. So assuming that everything was written, so yes, let's say that we had a state where 51% went Republican, the 49 went Democrat, then every one of those votes would go, in theory, to the Republican candidate. Which, if they really wanted equal representation, they would have to split the vote. Like, yeah. let's say the state has uh, six electoral, or let's say even five. Yeah. You have five electors, right? Your state goes like this. So I would say three would go to whoever got 51%. Let's say it was a Republican. And two should go to the 49%, um, which was perhaps a Democrat. That would be the most fair thing to make sure that you actually, your vote counts, that your voice can be heard in your state. Yeah, and, and that's one of the things uh, that has been going on uh, for the last few years is where there's a statewide compact where whatever the popular vote is in the United States, they will give their electoral vote to that no matter whether their state votes for it or not. I mean, it's really controversial. National Popular Vote Interstate Compact. And what this is doing is there's a bunch of states that are getting together that are saying, look, the Electoral College is flawed. Looking back and seeing that there have only been two Republican presidents since 1988 that have had both the electoral and the popular vote, the system is not working. And so these states um, want to get together and give their electoral votes to whoever the popular vote is, no matter what their states vote. And I, I see both sides of it because you want to have the president be the one that's the most popular in the nation. But if your state votes... But at votes, the same time, you want to represent your state. Yeah, if your state votes overwhelmingly Democrat and... But the popular votes Republican. Yeah, that's that's the backfire to it because then you're not getting the representation. Then, And that's a whole other thing with looking at taxes and taxation without representation in the Constitution. So that that's another topic for another day. But it's not showing proper representation of your state. So I see both sides to that one. I can see both sides of it too, but at the same time, if we're trying to look at what's fair. Yeah. <laughs> but again, what's fair is subjective. What's fair is very subjective. What I think is fair may not be, but somebody else think is fair. Exactly. Somebody else might think, well, popular vote, they won that, so that's what you should vote for. But to me, what's fair is making sure that everybody has representation. So, you know, it's very, very subjective. See, and I agree with you that, like, yeah, if it was a 51-49 and there were eight electors, five would go to one, three to the other. But that was that was also in the 2016 election, some of the things that were being looked at because those electors didn't want to give Trump their vote. And so, yeah, there are some states out there where the electoral, uh, where the electors will get their votes split. They're pretty few and far between. It's not, it's something that it's is... Not pretty, it's not very common. No, 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 it's not. It's something that isn't uh, too terribly crazy or too terribly common, but it's something that I think we should, we should really look at. And we need to look at potentially, you know, one of the controversial opinions that I have is that we need a constitutional convention. See, because the, the, there's a whole bunch of slew of, of interesting and potentially bad things. Because could you imagine 
a constitution, everyone, there would have to be such wild compromise. Like, you would see things like, can you imagine that all abortions would be legal up to 15, 16 weeks of a pregnancy, and states could not override that, but there would be public prayer in schools. Oh, see, it's like, but, you know, you have to give and take, I guess. But, but I, And so, yeah, you have to take the good with the bad, but I think definitely one of the things of goodness that could come from it is if we could either change the census frequency or change the way that the, elect, uh, the electors are determined or change the way that they're figured up as far as per capita or per state population, something. Yeah. Because, I, I mean... Yeah, the Constitutional Convention could have a lot of bad things come from it, but if we don't do something like that, and I'm not saying burn it to the ground, I'm not saying that, you know, we should just tear up what we have now, but if you look at the laws and the way that things are set up from, and, and it's funny because the next part of the video is about the Founding Fathers and how the professors say the college is working exactly as our Founding Fathers intended. But again, that kind of brings us back to, they intended it for, it was a small, it was a small, small demographic there's yeah. a small area and i don't think that they could ever fathom how diverse america would come would become no 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 and so it, even they knew that and so they had written about and talked about having constitutional conventions um i know that there were some that felt that we should have one every 40 or 50 years just because after a couple of generations like at least one at least one per every other generation if not once every generation there should be one well with how frequency generate that's a whole other topic but yeah. with how frequency generations <laughs> Or, like every other like, yeah it's like every, every 10 years let's say every 20 years or so yeah i would say every 20, 20 to, to 30 years something 25 <laughs> yeah something has to be done and they knew that and that's why they wanted the constitution to be malleable because they knew that it was something that was going to need to be changed and so again if it were as written yes we would have already had a few constitutional conventions like the founding fathers said and therefore we could probably be in a place where the system would be working a lot better than it currently is yeah so it's it's really the, the the schoolhouse rocks. I love you, but your half truths, especially in this one, little bit little bit disconcerting. But you know, I do kind of understand the need for an electoral college of some sort, because it's with pop with uh, states with like populations like how California, New York, Texas, if it were just to go based on popular vote, there's a chance that like those three states could determine the outcome of the entire country if we're going just off popular vote, just due to yeah. how dense the populations are. Not well, I mean, you still have Florida, which has like megalopolis, but but I think if if we keep seeing the migra but then you look migratory at like the split, Midwest, when there's like the states have like a fraction of the population of some of these big outer like. Oh yeah, yeah, and and it could, and that's the thing is going back to the migration we were talking about earlier. If we continue to see it happening the way that it is, then yeah, it is very possible that the outer rim of the United States, New York, down the East Coast, Florida, Texas, California, up you the know, Pacific Northwest, yeah, all of that could potentially determine, like, the, if you could look at the United States of America as a map, the outer rim the outer rim of the entire country would control how our elections would go. So that's why I do, I do to a point understand the need for the electoral college, but I also think it does need some reform. Yeah, there needs to be, because if, if we continue to see the trends, like by, it wouldn't be impossible to think that by 2050 or 2060, that like you said, there could be a conglomeration of power in these 
mega places because people have become so enraptured in what they think and what they feel that they want to be around their kind or whether that's Republican or Democrat or whatever. Yeah, exactly. The hive mind. <laughs> yes, yes. And, and, you know, it's like every state would be Utah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh, man. Oh, wow. Or, or Wyoming. Or the, Wyoming. I don't I, know. The hive mind <laughs> in Utah. The hive no, mind you're in right, Utah. No, you're right. You're right. I mean, the, nothing beats it. Oh, yeah. Nothing beats it. Yeah, and that's and that's the thing is, um, it, it the the video then it ends with the the same catchy football team and college level cheerleaders and everything. So it kind of uh, musically speaking and for what it's trying to do, it wraps it up beautifully and wraps it up perfectly. So from beginning to end, you're sucked in, you're engaged, and you're getting information that at at that time may have been really 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 good. At the time. Once the internet came around, the world got a lot smaller. Oh yeah. Oh, and yes. I've, I've always said that looking at who we are as a species, uh, to get philosophical for a moment, <laughs> when looking at humanity as a species, we weren't ready for the internet. Oh no. We, it took the world by storm and nobody was prepared for its, well, we're what still, it could do. Yeah, as a species, if you look through evolution, we still, again, our initial responses are emotional. That's, that's what they are, is our, our initial responses are emotional. So when you make the world that small and you give these emotionally driven creatures all of this information. At their fingertips. At their fingertips, yeah, we weren't ready for it. But the thing is, the facts and information that we have now is so much more diverse than when Schoolhouse Rocks was originally done. Yeah. And so, yeah, I, I mean, I poke fun and I love it. I grew up with this stuff. It, it's quaint. <laughs> it's 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 it, it warms the cockles of my nostalgic little part of my brain. See, I wish it warmed mine. My first like real memories of Schoolhouse Rock is so I was in elementary school during 9/11, okay? Oh. When that happened, all the teachers were like freaked out. They didn't know what to do. They shoved us all in the auditorium and we watched Schoolhouse Rock for like the entire week. Wow. We did- <laughs> We what? Wow. The teachers didn't know what to do with us. You know, they were all panicking, and yeah. us kids were like, "Oh, what was I like? Third grade, maybe." Yeah. And so, like, we didn't know what to do. We didn't know what was going on. Like, we kind of knew, but to keep us occupied while they discussed whatever they had to talk so, about. So, so let me let me set schoolhouse the schoolhouse Oh my god! So let me set the set the mood. You were you were how old? I like third grade. Okay, so you're third grade. So you're like ten-ish. Yeah. And the world is changing. In front of your very small, in front of your childlike eyes, uh-huh. and nobody like knows what's going on. The worst domestic terrorist attack in the history of the country had just happened. So they take all of these kids that are confused and scared, and what is going on, <laughs> and force schoolhouse rocks and Americanism. Wow, that's what they did. They put us all in, and we all we just watched Schoolhouse Rock. I swear it was that whole like it was like for days we watched Schoolhouse Rock. Yeah, we watched the America ones, we watched the science ones, we watched the multiplication ones. But, like, let's look at some of my first memories of Schoolhouse Rock is during 9-11. And oh. they were, like, shoving America yeah. down your throat. It was it was so crazy. Oh, yeah. So, no, that's... The, I, Yeah, so your memories of Schoolhouse <laughs> Rock are... Mine They're are a bit little, more... A little different than yours. Yeah, mine are very nostalgic. Yours are like, oh, my God, the world is I'm ending. like, oh, my God, remember... What, oh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, that that actually does go into our our next week's topic of indoctrination. 
Ooh. See, on and and I don't want to say Schoolhouse Rocks is indoctrination. It does have that kind of feel to it, but I think it was more of a product of its time than anything. But um, the indoctrination that we're going to be talking about next week is specifically how the Republican Party uses the good guy badge and tries to be the party of family when if you look at the things that they've put out for their children, like Rush Limbaugh has put out his Rush Revere children's the book Rush series. Rush Revere series. <laughs> Rush Revere, yes. Like, we're going to be talking about that. And so, and also um, a, a great, great, I listen to this guy every day. I, I don't I, know how you can do that without your brain just turning to mush. I, I love this guy because he's like, he's so, he's, he lacks any self-awareness. and He has no self-awareness. And he just, he, he really thinks he's doing the good he thing. He believes his own bullshit. He really does. Oh yeah, yeah. And his name is Jesse Kelly. I call him human truck nuts because, and, and you'll have to turn tune in next week to find out why that is. But yeah, they he's, he's talking about his family programming and he often talks about the things that he does uh, in the name of children and how you, they should listen to his program. And so we're going to be looking at specifically uh, some of the indoctrination techniques of the Republican Party and their talking points and their pundits and the like. <laughs> so thank you so much for joining us today on You Can't Handle the Truther podcast. I'm Anton Sawyer. And I'm Nicole West. Be sure to check out IndieTruther.com because we did write an article about about the Electoral College titled Abolishing the Electoral College, Another Method of Accomplishing Equality Crushed by GOP Backlash. Yes, definitely check that out. And also while you're there, be sure to check out the Debunking PragerU on our main page under the Debunking PragerU section because like myself, you may learn something or nothing. I've done both. See you next week. See you next week.